Good evening. You're listening to Pushing Boundaries with TNA. I'm T. And I'm A. So tonight we are discussing trending topics. Hashtag trending. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, I love our, your newscaster voice. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. A. Um, our so some interesting articles out and about and blogs. Um, one of them, female Viagra. Like, what's happening with women's libidos? Why do we need it? Um, super excited. To and that nothing is wrong with your sex drive, according to Emily Nagoski. Right. That that there's some other issues going on um, before we jump to using a female Viagra, which is interesting. Well, we'll get to it, but it's interesting because if you have, I thought about this. I was like, male Viagra. I mean, a man can have the desire to have sex, and if he can't, you know, if he's not getting that erection, he can't penetrate. Right? There's like a problem. Right. <laughs> but right. With, with women, it's a little <laughs> more nebulous, right? You're like, okay, so does she have the desire? If she doesn't have the physical desire does that mean that she wants to have sex maybe to keep her relationship this kind of thing um yeah so maybe it feels a little more of like a cerebral problem um well well, yeah i mean yeah there's no stick that's not going up so yeah it's harder to pinpoint (laughs) Um, other topics um you know there's this new vibrator that uh that's compatible with facetime and has a vaginal selfie camera so you can take it. This blows my mind, this little device. <laughs> it's hysterical. It actually sounds like a pretty amazing tool. Um, and I almost feel like it'd be good for healthcare. Like, less than just, I mean, I don't think of it as being arousing for my partner um, to see, like, vaginal tissue. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know, I know. But then they were talking about it being, like, a, an educational tool. Like, see, honey, here's my G-spot. Go here. And it's like, Okay, that could work. I, I feel like there's but a yeah, big curiosity like, factor. Yeah, other than that, it's like, what's, what's hot about it? It's just going to look like a medical video if you're, I don't know. Maybe a medical <laughs> video you're looking hot. at well, the inside we'll of my there. vagina. And then another fun, absurd, trending topic. A woman in Nigeria divorces her husband due to his penis size being too large. Uh, again, my news reporter voice. <laughs> I'm impressed that it's a Nigerian woman. I know, I know. It's, uh, yeah, interesting. News by TNA. Yeah, so, uh, so the Emily Nagoski article. This is interesting. It came up in the New York, uh, in the New York edition of the paper, the February twenty seventh. What is it? What the Nothing is wrong with your sex drive. New York. If magazine? you want to look it up, no, New York. The New York Times. I believe so. The opinion pages. Yeah. Oh, yep. There it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting. It's this is something. So so there's a female Viagra called Fly Danson. And uh, Sprout Pharmaceuticals, been, it's kind of, it's been going on for a while. They've been trying to get this drug approved by the FDA. And there's this whole, like, thing going on about the FDA being sexist. And there's actually a campaign that the pharmaceutical companies are getting behind, like, trying to, like, bring the FDA down for sexism. But a lot of people are saying that the drug's just not safe, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think nausea. it's interesting that <laughs> in the article they talk about, she talks about, um, uh, how the the main problem is that it's this drug they're saying doesn't treat a disease, that and that's the biggest problem that the FDA has. But it's like, well, that you know, that right, the... women not wanting having sex isn't a disease, and it is true that it's been knocked off from the DSM four, right? So it's not listed as uh, an actual <clears throat> disease. We're talking about hypoactive sexual disorder, right? But um, 
It, I mean, but as we're learning the DSM for it fluctuates a lot these days. <laughs> They're pulling things yes, on and exactly, off of it. exactly. All but the they time. they are still calling it. They're diagnosing it as female sexual interest arousal disorder. So I don't mm. care what you call it, or whether it's a disease or a disorder. The fact that there's 43% of the female population who are having some kind of issue with their sex drive, I think, is an issue. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just going, yeah, there's no way that this is just a, a disorder. I mean, a disorder I could see if it was like 10% of women or something, you know, like a smaller percentage that are affected by it, the way that any disease kind of dominates in that way. But like this, right. yeah, it just blows my mind. I mean, there's there's a larger social issue going on, in my opinion. By the way, can I just note, Flibanserin, I mean, can we come up with oh, an, a less sexy name? Like talk about dealing with sexual desire issues. <laughs> Well, <laughs> the my... answer is a cross between like a fart and labia. I don't know. <laughs> right. Just took my flibby, honey. I don't know. Let's get it on. <laughs> I know you're right, but there does need to be better names. Sprout, come on. Sprout's but uh, cute. But it's interesting. And I think, and you bring up a good point, T, which is that it's like we're looking at social. I think all of this, what we really need to be looking at are social issues. And, and that's what you're saying. And I, and yeah, all of this is just like the tipping us off to the point that, okay, we need to be looking at this over here. I personally, A, am not a proponent, proponent of taking a drug. Like I don't think a pill is going to like magically fix women's libido. I, I mean, I don't know. There's the hormone imbalances and whatnot, and, and that's fine. But I think that it's so big that we really need to start asking some some questions and really looking at what's going on. And so on how for we're me, as I was defining desire, yeah. And what? How we're defining desire? Exactly. And so what Emily Emily's Nagoski is the author. She's and she brings up a good point, which is um, she she separates desire into two separate categories. And I haven't heard this before, but it was really interesting. It's spontaneous desire. And then response desire. Yes. Right? And I love and, this. And the minute yes. that I heard the, the minute that I read it about um, spontaneous versus response desire, well, I guess to explain, they say that spontaneous desire um, is, is, okay. <laughs> you were about to talk about it, eh, right? Okay. I want to make sure I get it right. The idea is yeah. that, um, Traditionally, desire in the medical world was understood as something that occurs spontaneously, um, almost out of nowhere, and through that desire, you then have arousal. And so responsive desire would be if you experience arousal and then you have desire as a result of the stimulation, right? Something stimulates right. it and, you're, and you now right. have a desire I, for you it. You know what it sounds like to me? It almost sounds as if there were some old curmudgeon men who, like in the 50s or whenever, um, decided that the whole world operates like them. <laughs> yes. And I, it's, it does sound like spontaneous. No, I take that back because I, there, I think there are women for sure. And, and I don't operate this way, but I think there are, I have friends that do. That are like they react. They react like a man. They're, and I think that's more spontaneous desire, where it's just like you're just like automatically there and ready, as opposed to it sounds like arousal is the typical, like the stereotypical path toward women wanting to engage sexually, which is you know women need to be taken out to dinner and we need to have mental conversation that stimulates us and that kind of stuff. It's like something arouses us or piques our interest and then we want to have sex. 
So okay, like, but to be careful, I don't think that dinner is necessarily the but abduction. I feel, I feel like it's it's right. right. <sighs> Complicated issue. I. I the minute that I read it, I thought of like an argument I had with my long-term boyfriend where, you know, at some point he was saying something like, ah, you know, I always have to initiate, you know, why aren't you initiating, you know, some of the time or or you'll kind of just prod me a little bit or like fondle my penis and then give up if I'm not hard instantly, you know, like, and, and you're never initiating, right? Like, I want you to do that sometimes. And this is, of course... Mm-hmm five years into the relationship, right? So so early on, I would say he probably was mostly the instigator or you're still kind of in that very like hot period of sex where you're like, you know, jumping on each other. Um, so there's a little, it's a little more nebulous, but I did find more and more I, I needed that stimulation to really mm-hmm. want to go all the way. And sometimes it'd be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I was always very, I feel like I'm always very into having sex. It's not like I say, oh, in the mood, honey. I'm, I'm pretty, like, I acquiesce, you know, you're like, it's, it's like I'm game, you know. Um, but, but I found that, yeah, like, I, I would sort of prod in a way that was like, just enough for him to make the effort. And if he makes the effort, and then gives me the arousal, then I will, then I will go with it, you know, like, so, so it did feel like a gender thing. Of course, right. men at that kind of level of comfort in a relationship start wanting the female to initiate as well. So I wonder sure. if... Sure, I mean, they want to feel wanted. Yeah, yeah but I, I feel like the the response arousal, sorry, response desire and spontaneous desire, I think, can coexist. Um, Perhaps they can. I, I, I know in the article they were talking about how um, she was saying that the DSM-4 or that this drug was meant to treat women who aren't, they, they're saying that women who don't behave in with spontaneous desire, which is what they're saying is probably the majority of women's, the female population, that there's something wrong and that it needs a drug. And I have to say that I, like and and so so there she's counter to that. Emily is saying, "Look, there's nothing wrong with your sexual desire. You're just a woman, and women tend to be more uh, response desire driven rather than spontaneous desire." And I have to say, I've never like literally. I don't think I've ever once in my life just seen a hot man on the street and been like, "Oh my god, I totally want to go to bed with him." I like I need something to. Right. Something needs to inspire me. And then I'm like, oh, now I want to go to bed with you. So and and I have to say, though, also that I think I did feel like something was wrong with me for a while. I'm like, wow, I must just be completely sexually cold or like or dead or numb or something. And um, and so over the years that I've gotten comfortable with myself, I kind of just got rid of that. And I was like, well, I don't, well, whatever, this is how I am. So just, let's just accept it. Right. <laughs> but it was really interesting hearing this article and I'm like, yeah, okay. So there's nothing wrong with me. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. I right. think it's really interesting. It's the first time I've heard that distinction. Well, and especially and in our I culture. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. And I think in our culture, there's so many, I, I don't know, I feel like in almost in everything, we tend to go, well, what's wrong with me? Is there there's something wrong right. with me? Right. And es- and especially with sexuality, something that's so taboo. And like, there's so many issues, a very minimal sex education, like early in our youth that, you know, yeah, you have all these insecurities around it. So yeah, it's, it's dangerous. I think, you know, to have, I don't know, anyway, this drug out there that's sort of going, yeah, well, what, you've got a low sex drive, just take this pill. And it's kind of like, to what end? So that then you just have 
immediate arousal for your partner? I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, it's. Well, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that's the next question of like, you know, can we imagine a society in which this drug works and all these women who are sexually frustrated aren't anymore? But I mean, I've read a lot of cases where it's really disruptive to the relationship, right? And causes like infidelities and, you know, lack of connection with your partner. And so I can imagine the problems that not being sexual could bring into a relationship. And so, yeah, if there's a pill that could help that, perhaps great. But Emily brings up a good point, which is that um, a lot of this kind of like FSID, which is what is it? Female sexual interest arousal disorder, which is the new term for this, mm-hmm. is really she feels better treated with non non pharmaceuticals like right, therapy, therapy and-, and sex therapy, and maybe seeing a sexological body worker or or whatnot. Yeah, I, I thought it was I, interesting. Yeah. Where- you know, back to this idea that I mentioned earlier, like how are we defining, you know, sexual um, arousal disorder for women? And I, I, I think um, there's actually a link when um, in Emily's article that references, you know, that that especially with women, they tend to have this um, more response desire thing. And you can click on the women thing. Um, and there's a the medical journal, which addresses right. that issue of um, arousal. Well, well yeah. women's. Uh, maybe some women have pain before sex, right? Like they already, they're like Mm -hmm. vaginal discomfort, these kinds of things that are very real problems that will inhibit sex. Right. So, so I mean, I immediately think, you know, yeah, there's gotta be some things that therapy can work on with that, but maybe this pill kind of addresses those issues. Those seem like more rarer cases, um, which, yeah, brings us back to what we're saying, which is I think most women can probably address these issues through, you know, yeah, understanding their sexuality better and having more control over that. And I also wanted to comment on what you just said, A, about not wanting to like jump a guy on the street. Like, I have to agree, I, I haven't, I don't have that desire, but I certainly will notice a very sexy man and be intrigued to uh, be wooed by him, if you will. <laughs> like, there's, yeah, like, well, I'll I'm certainly open to you hover. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, so, yeah, like, it's, so it's not that you don't show any desire, but it's like, okay, I'm, I'm interested to see what you kind of offer as a sexual partner, to be honest. Yeah, but think about it, though, because I the way it's described here, the spontaneous desire, which, again, if you're coming from a male's perspective, which is probably, uh, you know, who wrote this, mm-hmm. they're thinking that, well, women don't operate like men. And for, for I, so far as I understand, from what I've heard from men in my life, it's like, no, they have immediate desire. Like if they see someone who's pretty, they will stop on the street. You know, they, yeah. they have that desire run through their body of like, oh, they don't want to take. An urge, yeah. Well, the other thing is I, I immediately think also about older literature about female orgasm and mm-hmm. kind of this complete neglect of the clitoris, right? And more and more literature is starting to change to that idea of, well, you've got to stimulate the female clit. And I thought this was funny. I was Googling just trending topics and um, WebMD came up and it was, you know, seven common mistakes men make, you know, when having sex with women. <laughs> and one of them mm-hmm. was this idea of, of the clitoris and how complex it actually is too, that it's not just sort of this button, but rather like how it has these nerves that run all along and into the vulva and how you can sort of create a, a rhythm by going back and forth and all this. And um, and it just, you know, reminded me of, you know, people keep, it's, it's again, it's the, the word usage, the semantics around it, which is like, 
women, you know, most women don't orgasm from sex. And then it says usually because only a few positions hit the clitoris at the same time. And I'm like, okay, so, <laughs> so it's not that most women don't, yeah, I'm not going to orgasm from all angles of penetration. But if I do these positions, I do come during sex, like or I orgasm, right? right? So, so why well, yeah. are we talking about it like, oh, we don't orgasm? It's like, no, we do. It's just what positions and it's and addressing the clitoris, like, right. don't know what the problem is. Well, I, yeah, and I think, and I think the article does. I'm, I'm really glad this article came out and that it's so highlighted in like in the New York Times that, yeah. um, I think it brings a lot of attention to just that, like really looking at women's desire and what Emily's asking women to do in this article is like, yeah, you really need to look at what gets you going and what's going on in your, in your, with your partner and in your um, relationship or coupling that is not working for you. So for me, as you know, I'm thinking about this, I'm like, yeah, like the immediate questions that come to my mind are like, what are the, okay, so if most women are, or, or a large percentage apparently are perhaps, uh, you know, um, having problems, uh, response, desire. response, yeah. desire okay. driven, then my question is what, like, like what's not making us respond? Like, are we bored or like there's, we're lacking stimuli out there right. <laughs> or the right kind yeah. of stimuli. And then B, what on the inside, like, apart from external factors, what are the internal factors that are perhaps keeping me from uh, allowing the desire to happen? Right. So I, and I think these are like extremely valid points to explore within ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a scary idea of, of take this pill and, and that'll fix the lack of desire. But I'm like, isn't the human condition to find desire? I mean, I feel like it's tied almost to even, your purpose in life, right? I mean, what is it that you want in life? And to sort of say, well, I don't know. I just don't have a want, so I'm going to take this pill. <laughs> you know, I, I don't Yeah, or, or perhaps there's just the cultural, the way that we have allowed, like the momentum of uh, sexuality and the way it's sort of come through our culture and evolved maybe it's just not working for us anymore or we're evolving or growing and going to a different level and it's time to question these things, you know, like, uh, you know, it has been a predominantly male-dominated society and I think also in terms of the bedroom, it's been driven toward, you know, pleasing the man and what the man gets off on and so maybe maybe that's not working anymore and all this is just coming into, you know, our attention and our awareness of society. But I don't know. There's a lot of interesting info out there. And, and T, we talk about this book a lot, but What Do Women Want by Daniel Bergner, Sex at Dawn. Um, there's a, a new one that just came out. Emily Nagowski's new book, um, yeah, come, I want to read as well. Come As but, You Are, The Surprising New Science That Will Transform variety. Your Sex Life. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, or, oh, you know what I liked a lot? maybe women not. No, no. Huh? I, I like, what I liked a lot was this idea of... Uh, this came up in the article. She just touched on it, but it was like women um, or, or desire itself being if it's response desire, how can you consume things that titillate and intrigue and make you interested in it? Right. What are you exposing yourself to that um, stimulate your sex drive? Right. I mean, yeah. this idea of I know that we talk about our society sort of being inundated with visual like sex to sell things. Right. But that's not yeah. really cultivating your own sexual desire. But as women, if we are actually response driven in our desire um 
what are things that would, would trigger it, you know, and, and really looking at that and trying different things. I mean, this brings up even like our last episode about porn. I bet there's some porn out there that would be really intriguing, you know, like the more feminine right. porn sites like shh and stuff like that. Shh.com. Right. Oh, we should yeah, take yeah. a mini break. eh? <laughs> we should take a break. Yeah. I'll close with, with, uh, with her comment. She says, when a woman understands how to make the most of her desire, she opens up the opportunity for greater satisfaction. Go Emily. Yeah, we'll be right back with Pushing Boundaries with TNA, uh, and we'll talk about two other topics. Carry on. Pretty on fleek. Pretty on fleek. Pretty, pretty king. Always keep them niggas on geek. Riding, riding through Texas. Feed him for his breakfast. Every time I whip it, I be talking so reckless. He said, damn, Nikki is tight. I, I said, yeah, nigga, you right. He said, damn, babe, you so little, but you be really taking that pipe. I said, yes, daddy, I do. Give me brain like NYU. I said, teach me, nigga, teach me. All this learning here is by you. I'm whipping that work. Keep digging that work. I got it. We are back with Pushing Boundaries with TNA. I'm T. And I'm A. And tonight we are talking about trending topics. Hashtag trending. Um, speaking of, Nicki Minaj and Beyonce's new song, Women Taking Control of Their Sexuality. I don't know. I'm pretty impressed with Beyonce's, <laughs> like, like groove in with her sexuality these days. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so we were just talking about Emily Nagoski's article um, about female Viagra and, like, why do we need it and that there's nothing wrong with your sex drive. You just maybe need to explore it a little more. Um, and yep. And then we had kind of two more, like, outrageous articles. Okay, there's a new vibrator that comes with FaceTime with a compatible camera. <laughs> yeah, a compatible camera for a vaginal selfie. And who does it again? Is it – it's not good – Oh. Oh, Lee. oh, crap, I forgot. Anyway, we can post it on our website, but um, it's hilarious. Beauty, do you find, could you use this? So there's literally a camera, right, on the end. Mm-hmm. And an, an LED light to make sure. And a light, so that, because it's like, you know, obviously it's dark in the vajayjay, so yeah, like, let's light that it? up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I have to say, like, my immediate thought was, I agree with, you know, the article is, of course, sort of making fun of it, going like, okay, right. the the only, you know, the new sex thing that nobody asked for, <laughs> um, right. like the new sex toy that no one, you know, no one wanted. Um, but I kind of, I almost did think almost like the intrigue factor. I'm like, yeah, I have not seen the inside of my vagina. Um, nor has any man that I've been with. And of course we've seen like I know, textbook but it's not, images. not exactly the kind of experience you would expect from a sex toy, like perhaps from like a female hygiene device or something, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I know. I know. It's like, it's like, okay, how can this be erotic? Right. Especially that there's like, I don't know that I need to FaceTime that. It kind of scares me to FaceTime that with, like, a lover. <laughs> um, right. You know, but then I go, well, shoot. I don't, you know, maybe it's interesting. Why, what the heck, why the heck not? Maybe just once. Like, like almost for, like, the fun, unusual factor. Too weird? Yeah. 
No, no, no. I no. I mean, I I agree with you. I think it's um. The, again, the only I thought it was really interesting because the potential, like the educational potential, in teaching your partner about your the you know your the lay of your land internally. Totally, but well, and that's... I don't know. I don't really. It depends on what, how effective that is. I don't really know. Well, and maybe this that's is really hopeful. naive I'm being of me. Hopeful. Yeah, no. I mean, I, it feels naive, but I'm going. Well, what does it look like inside of there? Can I actually show my partner something that he would see that would be recognizable? And, and exactly. Yeah, and then that maybe therein lies why we should photograph it. <laughs> it's like this very lack of information that is that is fascinating. I'm like, yeah. What what does mine look like inside? I'm curious. I, like I would, I would photos, like a but photo. I guess like I, I just I think feeling is more important. I mean, it's not like I don't know. It's not like we were born with a way to look inside inside the innards of our vaginal canal. So just you know, I don't know. That's an interesting point. I like I like where you're coming from. A a very sensual perspective. It's like why we got to see everything. <laughs> Isn't it more <laughs> about closing and, your eyes and, and touching? And that's more sensation rich anyway in your sexual experience. Close the eyes, right. breathe in, do a little feeling. Well, I have to give it to them though. It's 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 you know, it's new, it's novel, it's it's got thoughtful. us talking about it's, it. If anybody uses it out there, please report back and tweet us at TA Sex Talk. Let us know Yes, we would love for someone who owns it or has tried it to report back. Um, Okay, it's called the Svacum, Svacum, I don't know how to say it, Gaga Camera Vibrator. So like S-Vacum, like S-V-A-K-O-M, Gaga Camera Vibrator. So, I mean, yeah, it's fascinating, hilarious. Um, But like I said, I almost feel like I would photograph it to bring it into my doctor's office and be like, hey... I'm having pain here, so I took a photo of it with my vibrator dildo toy, and um, and I think the problem area is slightly to the left back wall in that side fold. <laughs> I kind of agree with you on this one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, okay. Um, okay. So that's that's the newest, latest vibrator, ladies. If you're interested. Yeah. Can I say and, this is a non? Yes. Not, it's not a non sequitur, but I have to admit, I'm I feel a little shame in this, but. I feel like my male partners, like, because I'm heterosexual, whatever, I'm always a man, almost always. Uh, I, I don't, you know, really, like, they know my anatomy better than me. Like, I, I don't, you know, and I, I know, of course, to kind of yeah, surface what it looks like, but they definitely are feeling around there more with their fingers, all this stuff, right? I just had a sexual partner where we were talking about um, his experience with um, feeling like the women's cervixes that he's had sex with, right? And obviously needing to be careful with that, but how, like, at certain high levels of arousal, a woman can like that. And I've had another man talk about yes. how he's felt the cervix as well and that there's a way of having sort of this more intense orgasm there. Um, yes. yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm like, wow, so you can feel it. Like, what does that feel like? You know, and, and he's, you know, he really has a strong sense of what it's like in there. And I, I'm like fascinated because I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, you don't have a penis, T. I'm frustrated. I, I don't know. Damn I guess it. maybe the limitations. I, well, maybe I need to go gay for a little while. Like, I mean, gay women definitely know what's going on up there. Well, yeah, but they don't have a penis either. No, one's no, but your know. fingers, like, man, you feel like, it like you don't have an appendage. The few times that I've had to like go in there with my own fingers, really like foldy and fleshy. Like I feel like there's all kinds of nooks and crannies. And anyway, this is sort of like a confessional. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Tease all right, issues. Going on to, to a Nigerian woman who divorces her husband because his penis is too large. <laughs> 
Yeah. So this is just fun. This right. is just fun and sort of nonsensical, but no hilarious. It was what story. they were married for a week. Yes, married for a week, and she was like, "This is intolerable, painful, not working." She even used Obviously, the word, "It's she a must nightmare." Have been a virgin. Was she a no, virgin? three children had a previous marriage, didn't work out. Marries this guy. Penis. How is could way she? Too big. So she didn't. She married him without having sex. Is that, well, yeah, is that a lot like... of a lot of people around the world are still practicing this silly thing. Oh, no, mar- <laughs> this silly no sex ritual. Before. But she was already a, not a virgin. She already had kids. Yeah. Well. Well, you still, but you if you still want to put a ring on it, you know those are the rules <laughs> in some cultures. Wow. I mean, you know what? In a I lot think of this just goes to show you: have sex before marriage, people, for God's sake. Explore <laughs> so the that goods. You know what, what are you shopping like for? With your partner. Right. Well, look, but I thought what was interesting is, of course, the article goes on to talk about average penis size, like globally, all this kind of thing. Um, and I'm, yeah. I'm posting a blog tomorrow about, you know, does size matter? Because this is always a huge topic. Now. Obviously, if it's too big, this can be an issue. And I also find that it's funny because there's always this, especially in our culture, like an obsession with like bigger is better. But um, bigger also means like really needing to warm the woman up a lot. Like or or whoever you're saying, I'm sure warming up a man too, right? Whoever you're having sex with that is taking in this giant penis um, requires like total warm up in a way that, you know, takes longer. Um, I don't know, you know, and that's not a bad thing, but I'm just saying – um, you know, I think that people overemphasize the need for a bigger size. And in general, you know, you can have amazing fun with all sizes. <laughs> I agree. Size tomorrow. does not matter, more or less. Yeah. I mean, no pun intended. I just mean, <laughs> I was about to say, largely speaking, there's no way around this. I just mean most of the time, size doesn't matter. What but, have you lost? Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I've got. No, well, right. I mean, so I just, anyway, I, yeah, but back to what you're saying about divorce and how important that is. Um, <laughs> that's not what I said. I said that's sex before marriage, people. <laughs> but yes, Freudian also important slips. that a woman in Nigeria has the freedom and the ability to divorce her husband. <laughs> well, I like her calling it, calling the kettle black, you know, calling it what it is. It's like. Oh, hell no. We've got a problem here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Announcing That's it true. in the public record. Totally standing up for her rights. That's great. Well, they could have said something Times like... Times are changing. You know, what is the common phrase here in the U.S. that they always use? Um, irreconcilable differences. You yes. Know? That, like, that, that, the, that is definitely qualifies. Right. They could have been PC, but I... Like that. But I, I feel like she... You know, it's like, look, we would be together if we want, you know, if we could, but... This is an anatomical, (laughs) yeah, it's like this is an anatomical um, no-go. And and I have a right to have sex and get off, and this isn't going to do it, so see ya. That is pretty funny. I feel like that is kind of implicit in what was happening, right? I mean, she never outwardly said that, but it's like, all right, I've got to enjoy this a little bit. Right, right. I'm not just going to, like, sit here and take it. Yeah. And we would say (sighs) we should be enjoying it a lot. On that note, uh, this has been our trending half hour, and uh, you're listening to Pushing Boundaries with TNA. Tweet us at TA Sex Talk. Good night. This is